Hi everyone, welcome back to the Congressional App Challenge Debugged Podcast. I'm your host, Medha, and I'm so excited to have Congresswoman Wexton here with me today, who is one of the co-chairs of the Congressional App Challenge. And so before I let her introduce herself, I will read over a short bio of her. Congresswoman Jennifer Wexton has been serving the people of Northern Virginia and the Shenandoah Valley for over two decades as a prosecutor, attorney, advocate for abused children, and state senator. During her five years in the General Assembly, she passed more than 40 bipartisan bills, all while serving in the minority. Now, in Congress, Congresswoman Wexton has found success in working across the aisle to deliver results to better the lives of Virginia's children and families. Congresswoman Wexton serves on the powerful House Appropriations Committee, a member of the House Budget Committee, the founder of the Congressional Task Force on Digital Citizenship, and the bipartisan Congressional Agritourism, and a member of the Congressional Executive Commission on China. A native of the Washington area, Wexton graduated with honors from the University of Maryland in College Park and earned her law degree from the College of William and Mary in Williamsburg, Virginia. Finally, Representative Wexton serves as the co-chair of the Congressional App Challenge and, fun fact, and coincidentally, is one of my own representatives for Virginia District 10. With that, Representative Wexton, do you mind introducing yourself? How are you doing? Sure. Well, I'm great. And that was a wonderful introduction, Maida. Thank you so much. Of course. It was great to be with you. I'm Jennifer Wexton. I'm one of the co-chairs of the Congressional App Challenge. I'm, I'm always excited to talk about this wonderful program. Amazing. And everything that we do here in Virginia 10 as well, as well with our, with our tech sector and everything. So I'm happy to talk with you guys a lot. I look forward to your questions. Yes, I'm so excited to have you here. Um, but before we get started, one of the things you didn't say about my bio is that I live with my husband and sons and, and two dogs, and so they like to bark a lot. So I can't guarantee that they won't start barking during this podcast, but that's, that's that life, right? Life. Remote work. That's how it is. Um, yeah. But yes, with that, I am so excited to get into this. So first, I'd just love to hear about your background. Like, how did you get involved um, with, you know politics and like why did you decide to run um for election um and all of that um so i'd love for you to just talk about your journey there so for me my my whole journey to to elected office was was through public service and i never ever thought i would be Mm -hmm. sitting here as a member of congress it was never a part of my plan but for me you know i got involved in 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 the the politics when i saw when i saw stuff going on in richmond that i didn't agree with so when when i had an opportunity to run for for the state senate when my state senator was elected to to become attorney general of the Commonwealth of Virginia, I just knew that I had to step up and run. So I ran and I won. It turns out I was really good at it. I was very good at it. I went down to Richmond. And as you said, I passed over 40 bills, all with bipartisan support. So it was a fantastic job. I loved it. And then in 2016, I felt the need to, or 2017 rather, I felt the need to step up and run again mm-hmm. um, because I saw things going on in the Trump administration that I also didn't agree with. So here I am, and I really love being in Congress. It's fantastic to do bipartisan things there, like the Congressional mm-hmm. App Challenge and things like that. So I'd love to hear about like how you've been able to get so much bipartisan support and how you've been able to be involved in that, because I feel like that's very difficult, especially in Congress. Well, it is. It's a lot different. It's a lot different from the state Senate in many ways. You know, mm-hmm. we, have, we have a much longer period of time. It's much more partisan, but you can find ways to, to get bipartisan cooperation and do bipartisan things if you work together. So one of the things I've done is I started the the uh, Congressional Agritourism Caucus, which is we have a very big agritourism dist- uh, sector here in Northern Virginia and in my district in Virginia Ten. Things like things like U picks, um, you know, uh, corn mazes and stuff like that this time of year. 
uh, mm. pumpkin patches, all that sort of things. And also our wineries and breweries, which are very, very famous here in Loudoun County, especially. So I started the Agritourism Caucus to help to help spread the word throughout the country about that how that helps preserve the rural character of so many of these districts, and also how it provides for for financial um, financial you know benefits to the area as well. I mean, we make a lot of money off these off these agritourism districts. They also help help enhance the nature of the of the district so much. So one of the things I did, and also to bring bring resources from the federal government to those businesses, things like things like helping to promote them. And helping to give share best practices, so it's been something where I've been able to get bipartisan help and bipartisan cooperation. Another thing where I get a lot of bipartisan cooperation is on the Congressional Executive Commission on China. That is very different from typical um, congressional committees because the commission is 100% bipartisan. It has equal number of Democrats and Republicans. You know, everything we do, we have to agree 100%. So it, it definitely helps us. We focus on things like human rights in China and pushing back against against attacks on on minority groups in China. So it's really something where. I feel it's of great value, and it's good to to find bipartisan support. And then, obviously, you try to find support on your legislation as well. Sometimes that's a little bit harder. Sometimes it's easier. You know, I had a lot of I had a lot of bipartisan support mm-hmm. for some of my bills. Things like things like enhancing the way that we prosecute financial crimes in 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 the U.S. and things like that. I found a lot of bipartisan support for things of that nature. That's really incredible and meaningful work. Thank you so much for that. Um, and I obviously also am. A beneficiary of like the agritourism initiatives that you have because I love visiting the pumpkin patches whenever I go back home uh, to my parents house so I really appreciate it. Well it's that. in high season right now so come on back <laughs> home whenever you can. I was home this weekend I'm so excited. Um, I was going to all the farms um, and super fun just to see the children <laughs> enjoying it um, but I'd love for you to talk about your congressional task force on digital citizenship. How did you um, how did that get started? Um, what co- kinds of things do you do um, as part of that? And like, what does digital citizenship actually mean? So digital citizenship is about teaching teaching uh, people of all ages to engage responsibly online. So for, mm-hmm. for kids, that's about, it's about things like managing screen time and stuff like that. As kids get older, it's things like, things like you know, stopping cyberbullying, recognizing it when it's happening, um, speaking up against it. Um, also, also just being responsible online, being responsible consumers and producers of d- digital content. You know, too many kids I've seen have seen post things that then they regret. You know, things like things like uh, you know, sending compromising photos, which last forever mm-hmm. online, and things of that nature. Also about things like um, like being able to spot disinformation. This is so important. We had we had some different online forums about how to how to uh, be able to spot disinformation, how to look for credible sources and for trusted sources before you spread it around. So, and for our seniors, it's a really big deal because they often fall fall victim to things like phishing scams and things like that as well. So it's something that took on new a new uh, urgency during the pandemic because obviously kids were spending so everybody was spending so much more time online. So it's something that you know that I feel very strongly about and I'm going to keep fighting to 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 make it something that is a regular part of everybody's curriculum. That makes a lot of sense. And so I'm curious, what sparked your interest um, when it came to digital citizenship? Well, it was something that I thought that there was something where we weren't we weren't actually dealing with it in a holistic way. Right. I mean, I know a lot of places we're dealing with it a little bit at a time, but it's something that does touch everybody's life. And I yeah. think that it's very important that we kind of deal with it at all at all ages is the other thing as well. Start with it just as soon as start kids start engaging with technology and work it all the way up through the seniors because it does touch on everybody's lives. I totally agree with you. Digital footprint is so important and always follows you no matter where you go. Um, and so I'm curious, um, how, how like what is your background when it comes to technology um, and like how have you become interested in being parts of initiatives like that? Well, as you as you heard, I really don't have a I really don't have a much of a technology background. I mean, I was an mm-hmm. attorney, 
you know, we're all about words. We're not about, we're not about zeros and ones, unfortunately. Yeah. So, so it's a little bit, you know, I, I don't have any really technical ability, but kind of ends at control, all delete, right? And rebooting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm so, I've been so in awe of the people who do. And I know that it's so important. And I've seen the things that kids are able to do in our district. And I just feel like having that showcase to, to have the app challenge and give them an outlet for those wonderful things that they can come up with is absolutely fantastic. And I'm glad that we were able to do it at the federal level. Yeah, I mean, as a major in computer science at NYU, I also am like so grateful for the opportunity to be able to do that and to be able to like have participated in things like the Congressional App Challenge um, when I was younger. Um, So and I grew grew up at a time that people didn't even have personal computers. When I graduated from college and law school, I mean, there were there were the strange people at the back of the room, back of the room, who had their their computers were like tap tap tapping on on everything, and everybody just kind of glowered at them Mm because you know it was just so weird. We still hand wrote our exams at that point, so it was a very very different world. Um, but things have changed enormously, and it's really good to see my kids and the kids today, mm-hmm. and how how you guys have this wonderful facility not just for, not just for you know using the, the technology and using the tools that you have, but also being able to then then take it to the next level and code and things like that and and grow, and grow new things. And with that, I'd love to ask you why did you decide to co-chair the Congressional App Challenge? Well, we have a very robust tech sector here in my district in Northern Virginia, mm-hmm. as you know, because yeah. I'm sure that you have. We have family members who work for it. And so we've seen all the great things that they're able to do. You know, we, we just we just landed. We have Amazon moving to Northern Virginia. We have all kinds of tech companies that are coming here, all kinds of new generations of kids who, who, are, who are very, very enthusiastic about it and participate in our many programs. We have some science and technology high schools as well, mm-hmm. uh, both TJ in Fairfax County and here in Loudoun. We have the academies of Loudoun and more opening all the time. Battlefield High School in Prince William County also has, has, a, has a science, technology, and computer science program. So, you know, seeing all those kids with all those great education mm-hmm. and no place to show it off, I thought it was, it was very important that I get involved. So, and I had, I had very, very enthusiastic participants in the previous, in the previous round of, of submissions. Yes. So when they asked me to be a part, to be a co-chair for the, for the 117th, 116th Congress, I was very, very happy to do it. That's amazing. And I'm actually a TJ graduate, so I really appreciate all of, like, all of the resources. The shout-out, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, shout-out TJ, yeah. But I really appreciate all of the resources and capabilities I was able um, to take advantage of while during my time there. And so I, like, would love to hear, like, what, um, what sorts of, like, opportunities and resources do you foresee, like, that are important to be created, like, on a federal level regarding technology? I think it's very important that we, that we encourage the use of, of science and technology in the future because this is what's going to create the jobs of the future. Mm-hmm. And we passed a big bill called the Chips and Science Act, which, which would do just that by encouraging the, the kids to go and young people to go into science and technology, and also creating some financial, financial benefits for them to do so, things like grants and stuff like that, which would, which would help defray the cost of getting these degrees, which can often, often be very, very expensive. So I think that it's important that we put up the resources and show people just how important it is to do it. It, but also exposing exposing young people to different different areas in STEM, it also really helps. You know, it's exposing them early so they can try this out. I mean, we can have middle school. We have middle schoolers who sometimes submit apps in this challenge. So it's mm-hmm. nice to see kids of all age, all of all ages, getting involved in it. And so I think that that's another thing that we can do is really showcase the good things that are already happening. I totally agree. Um, and you mentioned that you got some very enthusiastic submissions uh, in the past. Do you mind like talking about some of the submissions you've seen? Sure. So one of the things that I love about the stuff that the kids come up with is that they, is that they don't just they don't just come up with things to make a whole bunch of money, right? So they tend to do it mm-hmm. to do it with um they tend to do things that are going to help others. They tend to do things that are more yeah. altruistic, which I love seeing, which are also helping with with problems that they've seen in the world. 
So, you know, the 2021 winner was a company called Ecos or a group called Ecos, I-C-H-O-S, which was created by a bunch of kids um, from my district who actually went to TJ. Um, and it, no it was designed to offer health care for resource poor health systems and to assist customers who don't have access to get an indication of when whether they have a specific language impairment. And there's something called an SLI. I mean, there's a whole scale of it. Um, and Alzheimer's and a multitude of other respiratory diseases. So they, they have a voice, a voice activated app, which would, which would then analyze the person's voice and determine whether they might have uh, beginning markers of Alzheimer's or some other issue with their speech, which would, which would help diagnose things that maybe they wouldn't be able to otherwise. That was pretty cool. Um, and then we had in 2020, our 2020 winner, winner was a group called Stream Score, which was made by a junior at Academies of Loudoun, one of our science and tech schools here, which would analyze the water quality data and generate a score of screen, screen, stream health for Virginia certified stream monitors, make stream monitoring easier, quicker, and more accurate. So in Virginia, we have a, we have a through the DEQ and other, other environmental groups, we have a stream monitors who go out and, and sample water and stuff from the streams to determine like, whether the quality has gone up or down, whether the, whether the particulate matter has gone up or down, whether the, uh, the, the contaminants and things like that have increased. So it's good to have these apps that help streamline the process of judging the quality of our streams. So it's very interesting, the, kids, the things that they come up with, and they're really, really fantastic and just so impressive. And I love <laughs> that they're all altruistic. They're all about helping others. I totally agree, and that's incredible to hear. And so I'm curious, and it's okay if the answer is no, but seeing all of these submissions, have you ever thought about an app that you would create or an idea that you have? I just don't know that I have that kind of creativity, quite honestly, and I just know that, you know, things like that, I just, it's just <laughs> the way that they can apply things like that, I, I, I have not. That was kind of a, that was one of those gotcha questions that we talked about earlier. I wish I thought I'd given this more thought. No. I just know that I don't have any, any actual coding <laughs> ability, so I know that I wouldn't be able to do it. But I will think on that, and I will let you know for sure. <laughs> I'll report back. No, you're good. You're good. But I will say, please don't ever say that you don't have the creativity or coding abilities. That's true. Anyone That's true, actually. You're right. absolutely right. Yeah. Absolutely right. <laughs> Anyone yeah. can make it up. There's so many cool resources out there that can help you make apps when you when all you need to do is like press a couple buttons yeah, and that's right. work for you. Well, one of the great things about the, the apps that our kids come up with is that, that they always use AI. They find a way to, to use AI in them and it's so so inspiring yeah. and so amazing what they can what they can come up with. Do you have like a favorite app or a favorite piece of technology? So I like my I like my podcast app. I mean I like those kinds of things. I like mm-hmm. I have my little fitness app, my, my fitness pal if I feel like if I feel like keeping track of my exercise yes. and my fitness app my fitness app and stuff like that. But I gotta admit I don't do that all the time because I spend a lot of time sitting. But I like those and I like a lot mm-hmm. of these apps. So, you know, there's a number of them that I like. No, that's awesome. Um I also like all of the same apps. And of course it's always fun to play the games when you have a chance and you have a little bit of downtime, things like Absolutely. you know. Absolutely. Words, word scrambles and things like that are always fun. No, I love that. Um, Did you ever get into Wordle at all? I did. Yeah, I did get into Wordle. I still like to do my Wordle every day if I can. I love that. I love. I think it really improves like your brain plasticity and everything. I hope so. I hope so. I can. (laughs) Although I hate it when they do that, where where you have a word and you know that you can when you have like three letters or something like that, and you know Mm -hmm. that the final two letters can be any combination of things. There's like five or six different ones, and you just hope that you hit the right one before you get to six. I know, I know. Um, so my last question for you before we wrap up is, do you have any advice for potential applicants of the Congressional App Challenge? Absolutely. You do not need any prior coding experience. You do not need to feel like you're a coder or anything like that. Please you know, engage with, with the Congressional App Challenge website because there's a lot of information on there. Um, you know, pursue an issue that you care about. 
So many of the previous winners really, really found something that they were passionate about and trying to fi- solve a challenge, and then they found a way to do it through coding and through apps, creating an app. So give it your best shot. It's not, about, it's not about winning. It's just about participating. And even so, you will learn something and you will probably meet new people. So I just advise everybody to go ahead and give it a try. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time for coming on. And I really appreciate um, anyone who's listening. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. And I'm so excited for you to hear our next episode.